0: Welcome back to the Athletes Podcast, where we dive into the habits and routines of each incredible high performer we feature on the show, with our goal of educating, entertaining, and inspiring the next generation of athletes. My name is David Stark, and today we feature Graham Tuttle, also known as the Barefoot Sprinter. Graham has discovered the simple process that's fixing foot pain, without orthotics, expensive shoes, and risky procedures. His Ready to Run is a 28-day guided process to rebuild your feet, ankles and lower legs from the ground up so that you can confidently walk run hike play sports and live without pain University of North Carolina Chapel Hill educated Graham brings nearly a decade of experienced training coaching and educating thousands of individuals to live better healthier lives. I've made adjustments to my habits and routines since this episode down in Los Angeles. I'm pumped for you to listen to this episode of the Athletes Podcast, that being number 157. If you're just joining us, like the couple hundred others that have just recently subscribed to the show, thank you so much for listening. If you've been along for the ride, I sincerely appreciate your support. It means the world to me. We are just getting started scratching the surface. I'm excited for 2023. I hope you had an incredible holiday break, are recharged, ready to restart this year and get after it. I know myself personally, I'm ready to go 110% this year. It's the first episode in 2023 for the Athletes Podcast. I'm pumped for it to be with Graham. I can't thank you enough for tuning into this episode. Let's get into it. Here we go.
1: You've built this incredible brand, an amazing following. Graham Tuttle, thank you for coming on the Athletes Podcast, also known as the Barefoot Sprinter, which is an incredible feat to have accomplished this, build this following. How do you amass 300,000 people who want to consume your content on a daily basis based off of such a primal barefoot sprinting? I guess you probably have asked them. <laughs>
2: that wasn't a
1: follower. <laughs> Um that was interesting
2: because I think for a long while it was just grab Tuttle it was just a you know just kind of figure things out and you know I have thought about this idea of like the pseudonym like Batman Superman Joker. like at some point there's like a message that you have that's valuable that I guess you perceive to be valuable that you want to share with people um and in in some capacities like the barefoot printing is something most of the ideas I've ever come into have been suggested or offhand topics that someone would have said like oh yeah, I've got one of my longtime coaches and good friends is, you know, they point out like, you know, I would just post videos of me going and um, I'm from originally from North Carolina with the school Chapel Hill. So one of the perks of living, I used to hate living on campus after I graduated because I spent a few years waiting tables and well, it was about two years waiting tables and just trying starting off as a part-time coach because, you know, just you have no free trade. If you want to work in the fitness industry, you have to start at the bottom and build your way back out. And so while I was there, I was like waiting tables at the restaurant I'm here at campus and I hated it because I'm like how to see people I know and they coming back and they haven't gone anywhere, but I stuck there. But over time, you need to kind of get some traction what you're doing and it's like, wow, there's a lot of value being around a university and the like the fields, the tennis courts, basketball courts. And so I started just running and would do sessions on the weekends and just go with my clients and started running and it like felt really good to run barefoot. And it's like, I had a lot of foot problems beforehand. Like turf toe, Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis. They're like, it was very painful and prohibitive of doing a lot of stuff. So, as I started, they kind of look at the feed and fix that. They like, oh, go, I can actually run. And it's like, this is pretty cool. It feels good to run barefoot. So, within that, I was like, all right, you know, I'll keep, uh, keep at it. And so then my coach is like, hey, you know, that barefoot running thing you do is, is pretty cool. And it's like, the, yeah. I was like, you know, it would hurt my feet. It would break my feet if I did that. I was like, all right. So I just kind of, he's like, you should, you should think about like the barefoot sprint. And so then after a while, I, was, I spent some time out with the Knees Over Toes Guy, another pseudonym. And um, if that's the correct uh, term for that uh, idea, but it's, uh, he it was like, you know, I think that it's an idea where eventually it's like, you want the message to be, if people remember you for anything, it's like, what's the message? What is valuable? And so ultimately, the thing is just a reminder that the body's capable, like you as an individual. It, and it's tough. I mean, obviously, being down in LA when you're in a like a, a concrete jungle where you can't see the ground, there's not much, you know, soft ground. It, it's a it's a different way you interface and think about the earth. But in in many ways, you start to spend some time just like reconnecting with your body. You realize all right, my well, feet are actually pretty strong and capable. And to be clear, I don't go run barefoot or walk around barefoot. I'm wearing you know my five finger shoes right now. But it's not like I'm living this like very nomadic ancestral lifestyle. It's like I think people fetishize like ancestral living a little bit too much. It's like, you know, flushing toilets and uh you know, hello air conditioning is pretty cool. So uh, all that to be said is like I think there's just a, a certain level of um following something that I find to be so interesting and then living out loud. So to answer your question in the long way, I think the most valuable part of and I don't know another way to do it. I don't really, even though I'm on social media I, and they post a lot of content, I really don't spend much time on there. Actually, I just hate being on social media. But um, it, it's it's a part of just like living out loud. And like, because the things that I'm curious about just happen to be, you know, it's I'm not that different from other people. And so it's like, oh, you're interested. Oh, my knees hurt. My feet hurt. My back hurts. Or I want to run better. I wanna like I want to do these things and. It's just a, pers- uh, a pursuing of the things that I wish I had had more naturally given and gifted, I guess, in genetics or whatever, I guess you want to ascribe that to. But, you know, over time, it's like asking the dumb questions and just stumbling upon answers because they keep out it and they share it, live it out loud. And then people kind of follow along and I think there's something they see. Because I'd say, uh, especially some of the people you've had on this podcast are like real athletes. You know, they're like phenomenal in their, their physical capacity and it's for People, I guess, look at me and like, oh, I mean, the, the guy looks pretty attainable. It's like, because, yes, I was not athletic by any stretch of the imagination. And i I'm just starting to get some trappings of that. But, you know, I the, think the point of the following is that people see at least I'm genuinely living at something I'm curious about and interested about, just sharing. And then they relate to that. That's what I would uh, assume.
1: I love that. Mm-hmm. It's similar to kind of why I started the athletes podcast. No. You know, we're curious. I wanted to still be around individuals who had like minded thought process we wanting to achieve ultimate kind of success when it comes to body, athletic abilities. Uh, you bring up Ben Patrick, who most people know as knees over toes guy. What's the biggest thing that you've learned throughout this process of your journey? You're, you said 29 years into it. What was that pivotal moment that got you to like, hey, I'm going to pursue barefoot sprinting and like looking at optimal health for my feet, knees, hips?
2: So, well, there's two parts of that, which is I think there's the performance side, well, so you know, I'm going to bifurcate into two different parts and bring it back together. But, you know, there, there's there's the, I want to get out of pain. I basically have my health back. And then there's the performance side. So there's the, this called, if there's like a, a zero neutral baseline. Then there's, what does it look like to go from pain, which is I'm in a negative performance where I'm like below my homeostatic baseline. And then there's, I'm going to go out, reach my potential. So let's just say there's this like static neutral, there's like, you know, hell or like a miserable place where you're out of pain, you can't you it. Disabled, you're incapacitated. And then there's your performance. You're like reaching your potential. Those are the pain part, which is interesting because it's like everybody. It's it's impossible to objectively measure pain. I mean, yeah. You're like, what is pain? You know, like how do you, you can't you can't measure it. You can't like point to it. your pain is different than my pain. If we both stub our toes, we have no idea if we felt the same thing. But it's also universal in the fact that like you know we all know what pain is. So you can't just, You can't rationalize away pain, but you also can't objectively point to it, which is a fascinating thing. And so the idea of pain is, I thought a lot about this, is like, it's a, it's a contracting force. So it could be emotional pain, mental pain, it could be anxiety, it could be depression, despair, it could be physical pain. And we all kind of know what that feels like. But these, these this, this stimulus is something that contracts your focus into like, it pulls you into like, I can't think big, I can't be grateful, I can't be open with my mind because I'm in pain. Like I'm being reminded of like the thing and I'm feeling right now. And so there's this, it's this brief moment of, like, what does it look like to get out of that? And so there's so much that's wrapped up into that, that, you know, for first it was just, I was 22, 23, 24, you know, I spent a few years training because I, you know, I just learned everything from bodybuilding.com, a T nation. And, you know, I didn't, I ran track in cross country and then in high school and middle school and then road in college. And those are all kinds of suffering sports where you don't have to have any like athletic capacity really. It's just a matter of like, I'm just going to show up and grind. And so at some point, there's the, the skill level of, can I coordinate? Can I be explosive? Can I jump? Can I sprint? Can I do all this other stuff that I got to my 20s, early 20s? Like, wow, well, I would like to be able to do that stuff, but my body had been trained to be just kind of a, a quote unquote meathead for, for years. That's all I know how to do. And so then, you know, you get to the point where if you pursue the aesthetic at the, the just solely aesthetic, like, you can get to a point where you look good. But that does not necessarily mean you can do anything. Versus pursuing the capacity, the physical capacity that generally means you look good and you can do things. And so, trying to shortcut the route of I'm just going to do three sets ten and the, in the gym left my joints and my body at the point of the place where they just I wasn't functional, I wasn't coordinated, I was stiff. I was irritated. I had uh, suffered several shoulder dislocations and ankle sprains. My back was always bothering me. The knees were stiff. I like and tendonitis. Just and it was, my body just was like. I don't know exactly what's wrong, but something isn't right. And so that kind of was this underlying ethos of like, I feel like I shouldn't feel this old when I'm in my early 20s. Right. And, you know, the question of whether you should feel that old ever is that's still up for debate. (laughs) But, but you realize that there's so much about pain is limitation and injury that is a mental game, meaning, you know, if you've ever had any injuries yourself or people listening, like there's, once you have an injury, the, the biggest loss of that is this mental, I don't say ignorance, but like this bliss of like, oh, I don't have to worry about my knees. But like once you've had an ankle sprain or shoulder dislocation, you think about it all the time. And so it becomes part of this identity. I have a bad shoulder, I have a bad knee, I have a bad back. And it's like, oh, now that identity shapes what you think you can do. And what you do shapes who you become. And so you start to see slowly, but surely over the span of days, weeks, months, years, you become, well, I don't lift weights because i got a bad back. Or I can't squat all the way, I don't play sports because of my knee. And so then you become I'm the person who doesn't do this or does do this. And so our thoughts shape our actions, our actions shape our physical being, our flesh, our 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 tissue, our muscle, ligament, bone. And so that literally shapes who we become. And so it's insidious, but injury has this capacity of like shaping our physical body. And so undoing that is not just a matter of like do this exercise or do this stuff. It's about like changing identity and changing the habits of things you do. So and as I've spent the last few years really working at this so at a larger scale online, you've realized that the biggest work within that space is changing the limiting beliefs about yourself. And so they're trying to challenge that and accompanying that with the, the the actions that would move you past that. So it's like a small accommodation, let me start to boot my feet. And so in some capacity, the, the lowest hanging fruit for most people, let's just say there's the main common area. So like there's the upper body, there's the hips and spine and then the feet and lower legs. And so the most common thing that gets ignored is the feet. And so you either dive from the feet up or you heal from the feet up. And in some cases, obviously the spine is of incredible importance. So we're talking about back pain, but you know, it's kind of like the way I look at it is I always start with the feet because they're the foundation of the body. So a building is only as strong as its foundation, meaning like the floor of a skyscraper is the most important floor because if that's not stable or it affects everything at the chain. And since we have a, a culture that's spent the last 50 years in shoes, specifically thick uh, EVA foam bottom shoes that have a raised heel and they're a toe box that can inflexible. It's, it, we've lost capacity with our feet. And because of that, we start to lose the ability to move the digits of the toes. And so this is where I think that the conversation is over the rails because people notice, oh, my feet are this. You know, it's like, well, it's for the shoes, my feet are not uh, uh, performing the way they should. Oh, my shoes are bad and I'm walking around doing that I'm sitting all the time. So it's easy to kind of like straw man and like point out all the flaws of society and you say, let's throw it all away. Let's go back to the ancestral lifestyle. But there's a reality within which we need these things. They're part of the society. They, they allow us some little comfort and ease. And you're not going to reach people if you just tell them everything you're doing is bad. You need to walk around barefoot. It's like, well, if you live in LA, good luck with that. Because the sidewalks aren't always clean. <laughs> so within that, it's like, well, how can we find some of this like step towards us? Like, let's, let's open up some curiosity about the body and undo some of these things. And a lot of that starts with the feet, which is, most people have a very weird relationship, but they're either really in the feed or really disgusted by feed. And I think there's probably two sides of the same coin. But you know, if you've been wearing shoes that have basically suffocated your pinky and your big toe, you get to a point where it's like, oh, I don't even know how to move my toes. And so the, the analogy I always make is a form. So if you look at the, your, the meat of your form and move your fingers, uh, you'll notice that there's several muscles that start to move and engage. Mm-hmm. Now, try to get those muscles to engage without moving the fingers. You, it's, you do, you don't, there's a different set of muscles. So there's 20, about 26, if I remember correctly, muscles in the forearm and wrist and that control and work through the hand alone. So those are muscles, same thing with the the lower leg. If I can't move my fingers, I can't engage that. And so one of the biggest limiters people have, if they want to lift weights and we get active, they were run, no, the back pain, the head should bother them, the knees bother them. Okay. Well, what's sets the foundation of that? Well, you've got this, these dozens of muscles, uh, hundreds of muscles, ligaments and tendons that are wrapping around intrinsically in the foot and the lower leg that if i can't even move my toes they don't get any uh they don't get any stimulus and then when they don't get stimulus they get dehydrated they get stiff and they get irritated then i lose ankle range of motion my feet collapse end, and all of a sudden when i'm going to squat to try and get in shape my knees hurt or my back hurts or my uh you know tear ligament at the joint and so you start to see this up the chain was a problem that is starting to add into the overall mix is i can't even think about being healthy because i can't even move my toes and so so much of the conversation about health and fitness is about how can I get to the the simplest outcome? I want to be healthier. I want to lose weight. I want to do this. It's like, well, let's start with a foundation. You wouldn't go to, you wouldn't start working, as a you wouldn't plan to be a race car driver if you didn't know how to drive and bass driver's ad. So in some capacity, it all starts with, let me get my body, the alphabet of my body back so that I can actually have capacity to, you know, start to think about what my body can do. So I get the foundation, get the alphabet down and go from there. And then you start to inspire some of that, like, well, what could I do? So like, you, you see there's two paths, right? In the sense, but like ultimately the the path towards longevity, health, athletic performance, it's all the same thing. It's basically just saying, do I have the capacity to use my body? And then training towards that isn't a matter of like, well, I'm going to go do sprinting over here and then do my weight training and cardio over here. It's one of, they're all the same stuff You put it together. That's a more complex integrated way, but most people can't even think about it. It's like, yeah, a better way of saying that is that the, the top of the pyramid and the base of the pyramid are part of the same structure. Mm. But we've been taught that, oh, there's rehab, there's longevity, there's health, there's nutrition. That's all over here. And then there's performance and sprinting, athletics. Like it's all the same thing, but it's just the same. You have to work towards that. And so people feel so disconnected from even thinking about whether they could sprint or run or jump because they can't even move their toes or knees hurt and their their realities are different. And so, you know, it's, it's a process of like pulling this back together for people. Does that make sense?
1: 100%. So, what are some steps that you would take if you were that first person? You're like, okay, I, I know I've been wearing running shoes my entire life. I'm like, okay, this is something I've I need to address. I started wearing toe spreaders probably six months a year ago. That's been like a point of contention that I try and do on every night. You know, throw throw it all before bed as I'm doing some stretching. What should the average person who wants to put an emphasis on mobility, longevity in their life for their body? What should they be doing on a daily basis, weekly basis, implementing into their routine so that it's something that is manageable and it's, it is something that a 15-year-old might be willing to do for the next 10 years of their life so that it improves the next 40 after? Two good questions. Um, one of
2: which I think, so what we use use as a case study. Um, well, first off, wait, you would be begging that a 15-year-old could pay attention to the fact that they're going to be alive in 40 years, which is a very hard sell. I don't think we're wired of, like that way at all, but- um, so for example, you you wear the toe spacers, how like what was the original reason you wanted to get into
1: that? I was listening to guys like you, Ben, who were having those conversations around, hey, this is important to be able to move your fingers and your toes effectively. I identified that my feet were like a mediocre. They weren't great, they weren't horrible, but I'm like, this is an area that I can improve. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna actively work on this every night. And it's something that same with my stretching, used to be able to nearly do the splits, probably not there quite anymore, but you know, those are things that I need to continuously work on so that I can progress over time and get better and make sure that I'm protecting my body.
2: Yeah. And so then the alternative to that is, so the shoes you wear aren't horrible, not my favorite by any means, but they they do have a, they come to a point. So, you know, the first thing you sort of identify that we're in the cognitive biases. So like I'm wearing toe spaces because I buy my toe health, but then I'm wearing shoes that smash my toes together. So it's almost like digging a hole and then I'm filling it back up. Mm-hmm. So that's the first question is if it's. Like if, you're, if I'm talking to someone, it's like, how can I look at this person and say, where are they unaware of the things that they are doing that are exacerbating their situation? That's a your question. It's like, how are you propagating the situation you say you don't want? And that's a very valuable thing of, of learning coaching and therapy is like, what you, where are you taking part in creating the thing that's causing you pain? And that's a very hard thing because we've been taught, you know, this is not... Un- it's not bad, but as, as children, you know, we, we grow up, we're extremely validated by everything. You know, like don't do this, do that. It's like, okay, that's important because we're you know baby. If we don't know how to manage things, we don't know, to not cross the road. But eventually like we go from first grade to second grade to third grade to seventh grade to ninth grade, 12th grade. And it's like, everything's laid out one, one step at a time. And one thing that doesn't happen is that we never get the empowerment as an individual to say, well, what do you want to do? How can I self-guide? It's like, we're just told one thing next. And so, you know, the ability to set and sort of think about ourselves objectively isn't ever really like encouraged or taught. And so <laughs> most people get stuck in situations situation where they've got, you know, they're, they're doing one thing that's actually causing their problems, but they can't see it because it's in like, it's part of their identity. So like my knees hurt when I play soccer, but it's like, I couldn't play soccer or running is the most common people say, oh, I'm a runner. It's like, okay, but my, your knees hurt when you, the thing that you love is causing you pain. Why don't we step away and not do that just for a time to build up a foundation but they can't, they can't even think about it. So like the, that's the harder part is that there were like this, this path forward is almost always like you know, muddied by the ability of an individual to see themselves as an in, like, independent person that is actually in control of their body. So in that capacity, it's saying, all right, you know, which, which matters more to you, having shoes that look a certain way or having feet to function a certain way. And it's not to say that they're mutually exclusive because people do are, are, you know, forced into like military boots or like, let's say the, the fashion sense of a certain workplace culture is going to Dictate some things, but, you know, as I start to look at this stuff, it's like, you know, I look at a kid, their body, like a you know, 15, 10, 15, 20-year-old, they're they're still so plastic and they're still capable. And this is, you know, it doesn't change when you're 40s, 50s, 60s, your body is still constantly um, shifting and being uh, molded to the activities you do. But I would look and say, all right, you know, the biggest enemies for a kid in that they're playing sports are going to be the cleats they wear and the shoes they wear, because that's where they're spending 20 years Sorry, you know, 12, 13 hours a day because they go from that and then all of a sudden they're in, um, you know, slides the rest of the day. They're wearing socks and smash your toes together. So, you know, people, they, we, just to add this back together, we've been taught to think externally, which is what will fix me? And it's like, okay, well, what an I do internally? Like, what do I want? What do I value? What are my like, certain limitations? What do I care about? Because if I tell you you should be doing a, something that you just don't think is interesting, you're never going to do it. So the way I look at it is that, it should not be complicated or difficult to be healthy, to be athletic, to be capable. These are things that should naturally flow along with the constraints of life and the geometry of our configuration that we should be able to run jump sprint. And that's why like, the idea of sprinting is so inspiring to me because I think it's like people say, at least I'm genuinely living out something I'm curious about and interested about just sharing and then they can relate to that.
0: Graham, thank you so much for coming on the Athletes Podcast and sharing your story and message around your brand. I definitely learned a ton about the importance of feet and how they play a role in our body's overall health and wellness. We hope you enjoyed this new episode of the Athletes Podcast. And if you did, please leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to your podcast. Please share this episode with other athletes or individuals who may be interested in this conversation. We're always looking for incredible individuals to share their stories on this show. Do me a favor, shoot us a message on any social media platform, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, before it gets banned, or get in touch in the comments below to let me know who you'd like to see on future episodes. I'm your host, David Stark. Phoenix Wayland is our producer, and Jordan Maslin is our website and app developer. That's it for today. Take care. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Let's kick off 2023 with a bang. See you next week for another new episode. Bye. (laughs)